Welcome to the Happier by the Minute podcast, where we take the research and the rigor of positive psychology and break it down into bite-sized morsels that make it easy to understand and easy to practice. Because when we know better, we do better. And when we practice, we are happier by the minute. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Good, fabulous morning to everybody. As you know, we join here to learn something new about how to be happier and to practice it. Because when we know better, we do better. And when we practice it, then we're even better. Because just knowing it is not enough. So anyway, today, let's get into it. Because of course, I have a jam-packed half an hour. And actually, it's kind of a surprise ending. So hang in there with me. Because, yeah, when I went to do the research on stressing less and all those great tools that you can do to be less stressed, a little bit of twist in the end, my friends, a little bit of twist. So first of all, let's discuss what stress is, right? We hear that it's an emotional strain. It's tension resulting from adverse and demanding circumstances. Like it's bad and it's trouble, it's difficulty, it's hassle, anxiety, worry, tension, stress, stress, stress. Oh my God, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed. Yeah, that's what I look like sometimes, especially when I think about stress but it's a normal biological reaction, right? Our ancestors, we needed this. We needed this stress so that we could avoid being eaten, right? I mean, we we hear it all the time. It's our amygdala in the back of our brain. It just goes, it fires when we're worried and it helps us avoid potentially dangerous situations. Keep that in mind, potentially dangerous situations. I talk in a previous huddle about real tigers and paper tigers. And so when we feel this stress, our brain floods and our bo- with our body with chemicals and cortisol and all these different things that change our body and adrenaline. So, and then stress is a situation that triggers biological response when you perceive a threat. There's chemicals and there's hormones and it triggers fight or flight, which means we got to get out of here or we got to stay and we got to fight the tiger. Oh, and then it's too much of a constant stress has negative effects on your long-term health. I was doing this research and I came across this website on Healthline and they gave this whole thing about the high pressure of our work days and raising kids and not enough sleep and exercise and it leads to heart problems and long-term disability. Oh my God, I'm getting stressed. I can feel my cortisol and my adrenaline rising just talking about it. And it causes you to make more mistakes and it causes you to have bad interactions and road rage and their dramatic negative impacts on your health. And they just go on and on and on and on. So let's look at what's stressing us out. Let's start there and then let's figure out what to do with it. Okay. Because just sitting in the mud, actually what I want to call it is the quicksand, which is there's a difference of stress is not healthy. Now, I'm not going to tell you to get rid of stress and that you can't, you can live a life without any stress. It is impossible. It is just impossible. People without stress are probably have dementia or they don't, they can't enjoy anything else, like because they just are in a different place in their mind. Okay. But the top stressors, financial stress, we're worried about paying our bills. Will it ever be enough? Will we be able to take care of our family? 
relationship stress. They're not thinking the same way I am. It can be a boss. It can be your partner. It can be your mother. It can be your mother-in-law. It can be all those people who don't see the same way that you do. Our children, if you have children, if you know children, if you were ever a child, you know that children cause stress because they aren't doing it the way we want them to do it. Career. Again, where, what should we be doing? Are we on the right track? Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Is somebody getting in our way of doing what we're supposed to be doing? Is it somebody else's fault? How do we figure out where we're going and how to get there? Because we're when thening. When I get there, then I'm going to be happier. But something's getting in my way. And then the fifth one is health. Of course, when we're not feeling well, oh my gosh, you know the feeling. If you are feeling sick, even if you just have the flu, you're like, I'll never feel well again. Nothing will ever go right again. I will never feel like myself again. That is stressful. Number six, too much to do. We always have too much to do. And it's so interesting. My friend gave me the most amazing tidbit I swear I love these little aha moments that they really change the way you think. And I was talking about these clutters of, of, of these little piles of clutter that I have around my house. And she said, there's this really great book called How to De-Stress um, Through Feng Shui. It's not the KonMari book, but one before that. And she said, in that book, they say all those little piles of clutter look like work to you. They're just work. So when I come home, I'm like, there's a job, there's a job, there's a job that I got to find time to do, that I have to t find time to work through and get through it. And then I know in my head, I think, oh, I've got to trade something else like learning or playing with the kids or going for a walk to do that pile, which is why that pile still sit, those piles still sit there because I would rather learn something or work on this or be with my kids or go to the farmer's market. So I got a lot of piles, but I got to figure that out. I'm still not perfect yet, yet. So a lot of advice on how to avoid chronic stress. And you know them all. You've heard them. Maintain a healthy diet. Sleep really well at night. Exercise regularly. Don't use as much caffeine or alcohol. Stay connected to people. We talk a lot about that. Your social interactions and your relationships are really the most important piece. The most important. I talked earlier about the Harvard study that says relationships are the biggest indicator of a well-lived life. So get your social support. Make time to relax and do self-care and get a massage or read a book just for fun. And meditation, meditation, meditation. Did I mention meditation? Meditation. It took me forever to get into meditation. Everybody told me to do it. And I would sit there and I would say, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. What am I going to have for dinner tonight? Okay, definitely I've been here like half an hour three minutes. Oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do that. That's what it's like. And that's what it's like in the beginning. It's a practice. You just have to keep practicing and then don't beat yourself up. If you have the mind chatter, you just let it come and then you let it float away. Okay. That's another topic though. Meditation. Again, Lots of tools about how to stress less and lots of pictures and infographics and take time for yourself and paint or get a candle and do some yoga and identify your triggers. 
sure, okay, I'm, most people know what they are, financial, your relationship, your children, your job, money. Um, but again, managing your time better, think positive. Well, if that was all you had to do. So these are nice pictures, but it's not enough. It's just not enough. Then I found this one, the ancient Japanese technique that kills stress in five minutes, worry, fear, anger, sadness, self-esteem. I can't really tell you how to do this. You could go find this, but it just, again, seems super simple that if I'm stressing about my health, can I just pinch my finger and then it'll go away? I'm not really sure. So again, these might reduce it, but I think, again, there is a different way to manage stress. Oh, this is one of my favorites. The 11 tips to reduce stress. Number one, reduce responsibilities. Well, as soon as I saw that, I thought about the top six um, stressors, financial. Well, I can't really reduce that responsibility. My relationship with my husband, not going to reduce that responsibility. Three, children. Okay. Nope. I'm out. So I didn't really get to the rest of them. But of course, they all work. Um, you know, getting rid of negative relationships. But, you know, these pictures are nice. But again, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that got you into the problem. So pretty pictures and a list of things. Of course, the number 11 is declutter, and that is true. But anyway, oh, and then, of course, my last, my last suggestion or that I found online is the stress reduction. Bang your head here. Follow the directions in the circle. Number three. Repeat step two as necessary or until unconscious. And number four, if unconscious, cease stress reduction activity. So I'm going to take you for a new turn. We're going to flip this around and we're going to say, wait a minute. What if stress isn't really bad for you? What if we look at stress totally differently? Now, again, I'm not saying we're going to try to have more stress in our life and we're going to try to have a messy house and we're going to try to have bad relationships and we're going to try to be in conflict with our boss so that we can have stress. No, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the normal stress, the stress that we can control, a lot of things that you can't control and a lot of things that you can, like how hard you work on your relationship with your partner or how long or what you're doing to learn better parenting skills or reducing your clutter or being on a budget to manage your financial stress. There are things that you can do to manage them, but there's a really interesting um, theory that Kelly McGonigal, the doctor um, at Stanford, says that it is not the stress that's bad for you. It is, are you ready, believing that stress is bad for you that makes it harmful. Okay, this is getting super macro. But seriously, stress has a lot of benefits. Like when you have that cortisol rush or adrenaline, you're actually doing things to your brain that help you become more aware and be smarter and think differently next time. So not all bad. However, it comes back to belief. So some of the takeaways from her book, stress is only harmful to your health if you believe it is. The stress paradox says that happiness 
and stress belong together. They actually find that people are happier if they have more stress in their life. Now, hold on, that doesn't make any sense. What it is, is that we believe the most stressful events in our lives are also the most meaningful. So look at where things are stressful. Is it because you're trying to start a company or a, a website or a webinar that you really believe is gonna change people and it's really gonna help people's lives? Or are you doing volunteer work that you are really trying to help other people and it's super meaningful, but it's stressful? That's okay. That is actually making you feel like your life has purpose. It's giving you drive. You can channel your stress into energy that boosts your performance. This is super true for me. Like I work better under pressure. I know it. I've just accepted it. I like to write my talks the night before I do them. Um, oh, that reminds me. Um, well, cha change negative self-talk into something that's encouraging and reminds you of meaning. Perfect example, I um, was asked to give a talk for a large group of people. And when I said yes, it was about 60 to 100 people. Okay, I've done that, no problem. Well, a week before I was told it's gonna be 500 people, 500 to 600 people. And I was like, okay, how do I get out of this? This is super stressful, I'm totally paranoid, which I'm, I'm really not. I'm not afraid to talk in front of people. But just that number seemed really big and that's five times the amount of people to judge what I'm talking about. And what I did, just before and the week before is I just reminded myself, why am I doing this talk? It was to a group of physical therapists who wanted to learn about healing through happiness. And I just kept reminding myself, I am giving them information they may not know yet that they're going to use not only to heal their patients, but also on themselves. This is valuable information. And if I just remind myself that this isn't about me, this isn't about whether they want to judge my dress or my hair or how fast I talk or how whatever, they don't like the way I talk or how unfunny my jokes were. It's not about that. It isn't about me. It is 100% about the information that I'm delivering. And if they don't like it, they don't like me, that's okay. But if they take one thing away that might just be a little aha moment for them or their patients, that's the meaning. And I am not even kidding you, it completely calmed me down. And then I told the speaker who was ahead of me and she was saying she was super nervous and I just reminded her of the same thing and that helped her. So get back to your meaning. So even when you're stressed, attach it to the meaning. So one thing that I absolutely um, was an aha moment for me is something from Sri Kumar Rao. And I do a webinar on it. It's Happy Huddle number 12. And again, if you can't tell or if you didn't know, this is number 27. That means there's 26 before this. If you want to see all of them, they are all free. Then go to happierbytheminute.com. You can register for the happy huddle. And then as soon as you do, and again, it's free, then you can have access to all of the other ones. And if I do say so myself, they're all really good ways to just help you become a little bit happier. Anyway, what Sri Kumar said, which is so amazing, is stress comes from having a rigid idea of how it should be and you aren't able to accept what is. And then we have resistance and we have frustration. Think about that. 
I feel like I need a little like background music and pause right now. It's our expectations that cause stress. Now, some of our expectations about, well, I want it to be good and I want to do well. And that stress is okay if it drives us to perform well. But if we sit in this constant state of stress because our expectation is that our um, that it should have gone better and I'm stressed afterwards or that um, event should have gone better or my marriage should have been better for the last 10 years or I shouldn't have gotten divorced. You know, I have an expectation about what marriage is and who I should have been as a, as a wife. That's not healthy. That is not healthy. That is just stressing you out because you are, have a belief about what it should be not what it is. And as soon as you accept what it is, then you can move forward. Then you can work with it. And so he says, your life is an endless quest to have control, the, uh, to, to control the outcome. To have control the outcome? That doesn't make sense. Sorry. Again, not perfect. I'm okay. Your life is an endless quest to have control of the outcome. Let's get rid of that one. So let go of trying to be in control. So let me tell you some of the tips to doing that. Now, again, it doesn't mean that you can't have goals and it doesn't mean that you can't want financial success and a great relationship, but it says let go of being in control of the outcome. Here are some ideas. Number one, observe and detach from mind chatter and the fear that it's going to go wrong and the fear that something is wrong if it goes wrong. What is on mental repeat? What are you saying to yourself over and over and over again? And are you telling yourself, it should have been this way, it should have been this way, it should have gone that way, it should have gone that way, I should have been better. Oh my God, you're never gonna get anywhere if you are in that quicksand. Because that quicksand is gonna turn to cement and you do not wanna be stuck in that cement, my friends. Practice gratitude. You think it's just um, saying thank you for my dinner right before I eat it, or you think it's just a gratitude journal that you tried for two weeks and that didn't work. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. So watch number four. Number four is other-centered versus me-centered. So a lot of our stress and a lot of our mind chatter and anxiety is it's about me. It's about me. It's not going well for me. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't how I wanted it to look. He isn't the person I wanted him to be. This isn't the job I wanted. They aren't letting me get ahead. I mean, I could go on and on and on. You know what it is, right? But move away from that and start becoming other-centered. How can I add value to other people's lives? How can I leave people 10% happier than when I found them? What can I do to make the world a better place? What can I do to make um, this better for the other person? Maybe you're in a bad relationship and you're really beating the other person up. Wait a minute. What would happen if you started thinking about what does this situation look like for them? And what's my responsibility? And how can I do better to help them? Because I don't, you know, if you love this person, you don't want them to be in that state either. Now, not that you can change them, but how can you have impact on something that would make them feel good? 
The fifth one is stay present and focus on what you can control. Don't get into that spin. As soon as you start spinning about where is this going to go? Where is it going to lead to? I'm going to get up in front of 500 people and I'm going to forget what I want to say and somebody's going to cough in the back or I'm going to see somebody on their iPhone and I'm going to think that they're tweeting about how bad this is and then I'm going to like faint and then I'm not going to and then they're all going to laugh at me and then I'll never be able to talk to any. Okay, seriously, that's what happens. Like don't go down that rabbit hole. Stop. Be in the moment. What's the meaning? What's the meaning? And number six, invest in the process, not the outcome. We reduce our stress when we stop worrying about what it's supposed to look like and about the outcome and what it's supposed to be. What's the process? What's the process? Like, I'll tell you, parenting is one of the most challenging processes. And we are constantly reminded and and, and, and stressing about the outcome. I don't want them to become a drug addict. I don't want them to, you know, become homeless. I don't want them to be, you know, a horrible person in a relationship. I don't want them to be disrespectful. Stop. Invest in the process, which is learning more. Stop trying more. Making mistakes and recovering from them in the moment. So you let go of the outcome. Invest in the process. And then guess what? the positive outcome you're hoping for is what's going to happen. So invest in the process. And that may mean I got to try something different. I got to try something different. I have to try something different and stop worrying about what the end is going to be. The other thing that Sri Kumar talks about is suffering begins when we label an event as bad. Good luck or bad luck, who knows? If you label things as bad, just think about something that's going on in your life right now and that you have labeled as bad. It's bad, it's horrible, and just think about good luck, bad luck, who knows? Good situation, bad situation, who knows? Believe in the benevolent universe. So right now, again, think back to a very difficult time that actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Think back. What was that one thing that happened? And then it turned out, okay, actually, I'm kind of glad that happened because this happened. I had the most horrible, devastating breakup. I was living in London. I was all by myself when that happened. It was unbelievably unbearable. Couldn't get out of bed for months, maybe even a year. But actually, it's, I mean, it I didn't know until I met my husband and then we had these two gorgeous children and now we've got this amazing life that, ooh, good thing that didn't happen. And it's funny because when people say to my husband, you know, what would you say to that guy for what he did to, to your wife? He'd say, and Barry always answers, I'd say thank you because it left the door wide open for him and I to create this amazing life. So think back to a very difficult time that turned out to be a blessing in disguise and now try to layer on that feeling that, oh, okay, that works to what's happening right now that you're labeling bad. And is there any crack, any crack in that door that you can get in there and see what might be good about this situation? Anything. Just try to find the smallest little crack in it to find what might possibly be good in it and then invest in the process of moving through it. So 
actually, I want to also point out two people. If you think that you're stressing, I want to point out two people that if you think you've got stress in your life, where am I? Okay. These are two people. This book, Amy Purdy, this girl has stress. She lost both of her legs and she has the most amazing story. This book is called Standing or On My Own Two Feet. She had stress. She had a lot of stress in her life by losing both of her legs. And she has become uh, a world champion snowboarder, uh, a runner, a speaker. She's absolutely amazing and inspirational. So stress is not always bad, even things that you think are totally insurmountable. And then there's this book, which is about Louis Zamperini. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Unbroken, right? And it's about his story in World War II. Unbelievable. You want to talk about stress? That kid had stress. And it is unbelievable. So just remember, on my own two feet, unbroken. It is how you look at the stress and how you move through it. So what is it right now that you can do, that you can look at, that you can change the way you look at the stress and be happier more? Now, I started this. This talk was called Stress Less and Be Happier More. Well, I really think I need to change the title. And I think it really what it should be is change your belief about stress and be happier more. So how do we change our belief aside from that quick 25 minutes that I just gave you before? A short practice that you do every day is better than a long practice you keep putting off to tomorrow. This is why we're here for a quick little 30 minutes. We get in, we get out, we learn something, we practice it. But honestly, it's the practice that you put in. If you're in a stressful situation, the key is to not get stuck in it. You're not a victim. I mean, honestly, if Amy Purdy isn't a victim and Louis Zamperini isn't a victim, then we aren't victims either. None of us are. We can get out of it. The key is to keep moving forward and to not get stuck and to not get in, into the place of where, you know, this is, this is the most horrible thing ever. This is the most horrible. People come back from everything, everything. There are stories about people surviving, you know, being on their deathbed, dying and coming back. There is, there's nothing you can't overcome. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I absolutely love this time with you. And again, have a fabulous day. Thanks so much for listening to Happier by the Minute. When we know better, we do better. And that is true not only for you and me, but for so many other people. So please help me spread this message by liking, commenting, and sharing. Of course, please follow me on Instagram, Happier by Minute, Facebook, Happier by the Minute, and you can get more information and free videos at happierbytheminute.com or on YouTube. Thanks so much. Have a happier by the minute day.